You're listening to the Slice of MIT podcast, a production of the MIT Alumni Association. Technically, we were friends. <laughs> no one. Everybody knew. Okay, to my parents, we were friends. <laughs> yeah, but we were very good friends from freshman year. Karen and Perry Ha met while they were students at MIT in the early 80s. That much is fact. But some of the more specific details about how they met are still up for debate. We're part of this thing called the KSA, Korean Student Association. I think that's when we got introduced. I think we actually met playing volleyball. (laughs) Different memories. (laughs) And it's entirely possible that they met during either of these activities. Karen and Perry were both involved in several extracurriculars. The one where they shared a common passion was volleyball. I don't even think we ever really had a, went on a date because all we wanted to do was play volleyball. So I think you can say all of our dates were at Rockwell Cage playing volleyball. Karen isn't exaggerating here. They played a lot of volleyball. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we felt like we majored in volleyball. <laughs> it's just something we loved. One of the summers, you know, both of us are doing research, doing Europe. So Europe by day, and then when work was over, we used to play volleyball, basically until the gym closed. Europe stands for Undergraduate Research Opportunities Program. It offers MIT undergraduates the chance to work on cutting-edge research projects. The program was created in 1969. Then we used to go grab dinner. In Chinatown. In Chinatown. It's the only place that's open really late. We used to open till 4 o'clock in the morning, quite affordable and create on student budget. <laughs> and then we'll come back in the middle of the night and wanted to play volleyball a little more. Some more. So we actually used to sneak into the top floor of Walker Gymnasium. I don't think it's used for anything other than taking exams now, but uh, we, used to, we, we used to sneak in and play more volleyball until four, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, very late. It was a lot of fun. Naturally, when asked about their favorite place on campus, Karen and Perry's response? The gym? Yeah, would be, it, that would be probably. at the top of our list. But I would also have to say probably from a nostalgia perspective, it has to be the chapel. So after knowing each other through four years of undergrad, two years of grad school, we actually got married at MIT Chapel. That's right. right. She yeah. chased me for six years and then I gave in and that's my story. And he's, he's been it. sticking to that for a long time. <laughs> We often hear from alumni that MIT was the one place where they felt surrounded by like-minded individuals. It's no surprise that many alumni end up meeting their spouses here at MIT. In fact, there are more than 4,400 married MIT couples. Today on the Slice of MIT podcast, in the spirit of Valentine's Day, we have a number of stories from alumni who found love at the Institute. We'll hear a story about an East Campus romance between two next-door neighbors, a story about first dates and the unwritten November rule. We'll also hear how Match Day brought two medical students more than just residency placements. And finally, two MIT alums talk about how even the best laid wedding plans can be stymied by the PhD thesis writing process. The second story comes from John and Vandita Wilson, who graduated from MIT in 1990. If you guys want to say how you met. That's my colleague, Nicole, who interviewed John and Vandita during the Reunions Access Memories Project, or RAM for short. 
Over the past two years, during tech reunions, more than 60 alumni have shared their memories of MIT with us. John and Vandita's story starts when they became next-door neighbors in East Campus during their senior year. She was quite literally the girl next door. Uh, senior year, uh, she moved to uh, my dormitory and ended up in the room next to me, uh, which um, would seem to be sort of an interesting coincidence since I actually was the person who did the room assignments, uh, but I just figured, you know, having someone who is a senior transferring from another dorm would probably be better than having a freshman in the room next to me, so that's how I picked. So that. from my point of view, <laughs> I had lived in Burton 4, Burton 3rd, and Bexley for a year, and a bunch of my friends from Burton 3rd were moving to East Campus, to 50 specifically. So I said, oh, great, some people to hang out with that I already know. And I put in my rooming request over the summer, but I was traveling in Europe and kept calling this person named John Wilson to say, did you get my room request? Did you get my room request? You can reach me now in Denmark for the next, like, you know, eight hours. Please <laughs> call me back. Nothing happened, nothing happened. And then finally I got to East Campus and I did, in fact, have a room. Yes, and of course, I didn't have a calling card. I mean, it would, I would have had to have paid to call Denmark. Uh, so yeah, needless to say, she did not get a call. You know, and if she had happened to call uh, while I was in my room, I happily would have answered and told her that. I just wasn't gonna make a long distance call. And so eventually we were dating and said, hey, knock, 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 knock on the wall and found a weak point where there was sheetrock and it covered a door so we you know chipped away the sheetrock and there was a door which we then took it off the hinges and made a two-room suite. One day after they had merged the two rooms the house manager was making his rounds to check the radiators. He checked John's room then Vandita's room and he was a little confused to find the same two people in both places. He never quite put it together I don't think. Uh. <laughs> At least not that we know of. Yeah. In this next story, Bill and Liz Andrews met during the Musical Theater Guild's fall show of Liz's freshman year. Liz was in the Pitt Orchestra, and Bill, a junior, was the director. I got all kinds of joking from my friends about, oh, robbing the cradle, huh? This, this young freshman girl, did you wait till the second week on campus, or did you go the first week? <laughs> oh, yeah, we waited until the end of November. We waited until it was official, right? The, the November rule, and, and waiting until the first of November, I thought. Now, for those of you who might not be familiar, I just want to interrupt this story for a moment to explain. According to Bill and Liz, the November rule is one of those MIT social mores where all upperclassmen should not date freshmen before the first of November. The rule gives first-year students a chance to acclimate to campus. Okay, now back to Bill and Liz. But yeah, so it was, it was middle of November by the time the show ended. Yeah, and I wanted to also wait till I was not in a position of power over her as the orchestra director, just to, you know, be cool, keep things uh, even between us. And then as soon as the show was over, I asked her out, and she said no. She had a physics exam. Was it physics? Math. It was physics. Okay, physics. And I was like, there's always physics exams, but come on, there's a movie playing. No. And I asked her like seven times, and I think eventually, I wore you down, right? All that night. The, the night that we finished the show and we were all exhausted, I, I wore her down that much more. See, in my, from my perspective, I wasn't turning you down entirely. I was she kept just, saying no. You asked me if you, I wanted to go see a movie on Sunday, and I With said, me. no, on Sunday I have to study for because I'm failing 801. Well, and <laughs> this was like on Saturday, so it's not like I could ask you, you know, tonight. True. But eventually I, I got her to say yes to go out with me, and we went out a few more times, and November 19th is how we know because that's our official start, you know, that's when we started dating and that was in 2002. Yeah. 
So, and then six years after that, we ended up getting married and, and we're still married, luckily enough. Mm -hmm. So we've covered the first dates and the how we met, and now we're going to hear a proposal story. Katie Lowe and Leo Luo are MIT class of 2011 and 2010, respectively. They met in 2010 when they were both members of the China Educational Technology Initiative team, or SETI for short. Leo and Katie taught English, engineering, and some of the more entertaining parts of the American culture. Sports, entertainment, um, cultural etiquettes. We talked about um, dating tips too. Right. <laughs> How dating is different in America. <laughs> right. She was actually my guest lecturer for the dating tips <laughs> because I thought she would be more savvy in <laughs> the arena. People in China are just fascinated by what's shown in the movie and what's actually real in, in, the, in the society. At that time, we weren't even dating yet, so it was a little <laughs> bit of that tension, like, oh, are you, are you guys together? But we, we weren't yet. <laughs> we're just talking about dating tips as two strangers. <laughs> Both Leo and Katie went to med school after graduating from MIT. Leo attended Harvard, and Katie went to Emory in Atlanta. On match day, when Leo and Katie would find out their residency placements, Leo decided to surprise Katie in Atlanta. I flew down and, and saw her, and she thought I was there for match day, but I, I was there actually to propose. I had made this book titled Our Food Story, and it was basically our journey through different restaurants and how I had been trained to be a connoisseur in fine dining. When she met me, uh, I remember the, her telling me later after we started dating, she was worried that I wasn't into food and how this is going to work out. But I think whenever I talk to her about a restaurant that she really loves or its food ingredient that she finds to be interesting, I, I see her excitement and I think that that's something that definitely influenced me to pay more attention to my taste buds when I go to restaurants and now both of us are really into fine That's dining, Leo is more into it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Leo created this food story containing all these photos of the two of them at different restaurants all over the country. It was nice because it was like just all pictures of situations where like it was just the two of us hanging out because we were just eating together and then um, it seems trivial because it's just like food but it like I think he put a lot of thought in um, like picking the different places that we went. In the end, I, I said, I'm so glad to have met you. My world otherwise would have been much more bland. And that's when I got on one knee and then said, uh, would you marry me? And of course, Katie said yes. So after the proposal, we went to this great restaurant in Atlanta called Bacchanalia. Before choosing Bacchanalia, Leo had actually emailed an Atlanta food critic for her expert opinion on a good restaurant. He also coordinated with Bacchanalia to put something extra special on the menu for that day. I called ahead of time to actually let them know that this is after the engagement and asked if they could put down our names on the menu with the date on it. And they happily obliged, so... We have a, a menu and a picture on the side to commemorate the date of the engagement. Katie and Leo will be married in the spring of 2016. 
This last story is from John and Lucy Wilkins, who got their PhDs from MIT in 1977. While John and Lucy were writing their theses, they were also planning their wedding. We were very optimistic. We thought we would have our theses done and have graduated by April. We were still here and just finished in September. So anyway, we came back and we lived in Tang Hall in our separate apartments <laughs> after we were married. <laughs> John and Lucy aren't the only ones in their family to have attended MIT. And at one point or another, they all lived in Tang Hall. Lucy lived on the seventh floor. I lived on the 19th. And uh, our son also came to MIT. And um, for his Master of Engineering, he lived on the 13th floor of Tang Hall. Seven plus 19 divided by two is 13. So everything was falling right into place. And um, he was also very bright in that he also married a young lady from MIT. We are so proud of our son and daughter-in-law and now have a granddaughter. Yes. Who has a stuffed Tim the Beaver. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Autographed by the Tim the Beaver on Tim the Beaver's 100th birthday here. That's it for this episode of the Slice of MIT podcast, but before we wrap up, we're going to do something a little bit differently for this episode. Since there are so many great stories about MIT couples, there are two bonus stories on the Slice of MIT blog. The first is Megan Pasquina sharing her story of how she met her husband, Lincoln. Uh, a mutual friend introduced me and Lincoln, and we started talking, and it was uh, great, great conversation, great to meet him, but all of a sudden I started coughing hysterically. The second bonus story is Tim Chambers telling us how he met his wife, Robin. So I joke with my wife about her sending her sorority sister to check me out before she would go out with me. She denies it, of course. To find out what made Megan start coughing and how Tim's wife stood him up on the first date, check out slice.mit.edu. And of course, there are other great MIT love stories out there. We want to hear how you met your loved one at MIT. Tweet us your stories on Twitter at MIT Alumni. That's MIT underscore alumni. Special thanks to Karen and Perry Ha, John and Vandita Wilson, Bill and Liz Andrews, John and Lucy Wilkins, Leo Luo, Katie Lowe, Megan Pasquina, and Tim Chambers for sharing their stories with us for this episode. If you want to hear more surprising, insightful, and quirky stories from the MIT community, subscribe to the Slice of MIT podcast on iTunes. Let us know what you think. Please rate the podcast and leave us a review. We'll be back next month with another episode of the Slice of MIT podcast. In the meantime, check out our website at slice.mit.edu, where you'll also find the bonus content mentioned in this episode. Thanks for listening.